What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, here to recap, an exciting weekend of lacrosse. We had games from Friday through really just a few minutes ago. Um, as uh, we just saw Maryland uh, clinch uh, that top spot in the Big Ten, win the Big Ten regular season title, uh, taking down Ohio State. We'll talk about that uh, more at the end of the show, as well as Lehigh uh, and their win over Lafayette today. Uh, but we got to start back on Friday, where it, it was a big one in, in Happy Valley for Mr. Mac O'Keefe as he becomes the NCAA's all-time leading uh, goal scorer, um, moving, so breaking Justin Gutterding's record of uh, 212. He extends that to 217. So Mac O'Keefe now has 217 goals in his career. That is the new uh, career high. NCAA Division One goal record uh, in a career. Incredible senior night uh, there at Panzer Stadium, uh, especially for for Mac O'Keefe. He breaks the uh, the D one record uh, with his second goal of the game, and look, it was the most classic Mac O'Keefe goal ever. You hear that sweet, sweet. Uh, you know, ding sound as, as it hits the top corner. It, it just a, a a textbook. Like when you think of Mac O'Keefe and him shooting, textbook Mac O'Keefe shot. Could not have picked a better a better shot to break that record on. And then he wins the game, um, in overtime. And uh, you, you know, for, for a minute there, it looked like Penn State. You know, we're gonna have this big day for Mac O'Keefe. Uh, this big senior day for these guys, you know, Colby Kinnis and, and, and some other guys there, Nick Cardiel, all these guys that have come back um, for the fifth year. You know, this is their senior day. This is one of the classes that has, has built this uh, new image of Penn State lacrosse, helped take them to that championship weekend in 2019. Big celebratory weekend there. Uh, in Happy Valley, and for a minute, it looked like, man, Penn State, you know, all, all this going on, Mac O'Keefe breaking records, but we're not going to win the game. Um, however, they do. Uh, they end the contest on a 6-1 run, and O'Keefe's final goal of the game was that uh, capped off that 6-1 run, uh, that goal in overtime to win the contest there. Michigan had taken a 12-8 lead with under a minute left in the third. Uh, Two-goal run there for the Wolverines. And in the fourth, Penn State just blew it open. Um, you know, heading into that final period, it did not look good for Penn State. Really, they did not look good in that third at all. Um, Coming to the fourth, flip the switch, and they get the win there. So Penn State gets that one. Obviously, the big day. For Matt O'Keefe, uh, also doing folds. Uh, TJ Malone had some good days as well. TJ Malone with four goals and three assists. 
But, you know, got to talk about the future of this Penn State offense because we did get a little glimpse of it on Friday. So, Canyon Birch, redshirt freshman out of New Jersey, actually the all-time leading uh, point, is it points or goals? I believe it's goals. All-time goals leader in the state of New Jersey um, in high school across. Uh, I'm looking at that stat up right now, but he had got his first start as a uh, Penn State Nittany Lion uh, on Friday. He had gotten his first goal. Uh, okay, so he's the leader in points with 558 and goals, 320, 392. Uh, that's New Jersey High School uh, all time leader uh, there in points and goals. Uh, Canyon Birch is, uh, if you remember, under Armour All-American game. I think he had five goals in that one in 2019. Just came in, came in with a lot of hype. Played one game last year. Um, and then I believe he red-shirted before everything happened because he hadn't played. He played that Lafayette game, didn't play again. Um, and then has been working in the last couple weeks. Got his first goal uh, two weeks ago and then a, a week ago. And then this week um, gets two goals there. Um, in his first ever start there with the Nittany Lions. And, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, we, we see, we saw the past kind of uh, celebration of the past, celebration, not the past yet, but celebration of these guys that helped build that tradition, um, the success of Penn State lacrosse. And then we'll see in Canyon Birch and some of these younger guys were able to step up uh, on Friday night. Really good to see, but uh, Canyon Birch, obviously the big name there with two goals. Um, you know, one cutting right down the middle. Um, you know, he's going to be a fun player to watch over the next few years at Penn State. It was good to see him get some action, get that first career start, um, and, and start making some moves there um, at Penn State. Uh, very exciting player to watch. So the future, um, you know, looks bright there in, in Penn State. Um, while there may be some questions elsewhere, um, you know, that offense certainly looks like it's not really going uh, anywhere after this year. Obviously, a, a weird year for them and, and things not going the way um, that they particularly wanted it to. But um, a big game there for Penn State on Friday night. You know, they uh, you know, will make the Big Ten tournament as everyone makes it. Um, mentioned Maryland got that number one seed. So kind of guys battling it out. I think Penn State's that uh, – I mean, Rutgers – is that two seed. Now I'd imagine Ohio State gets that three. Um, so kind of the four through six seeds kind of battling it out there between uh, Michigan, Penn State, and Johns Hopkins. I don't have the standings up right here, so I don't exactly know who sits where, but that's kind of the situation there in the Big Ten. And as I mentioned, we'll get into Maryland here a bit later in the show. Moving on to Saturday, where the biggest game of the day was – Georgetown taking down Denver 11-10 to in overtime in Washington, D.C., earning the Hoyas' biggest win of the season. Um, you know, Glenn Bundy Jr., sophomore, finds Dylan McDermott open. I mean, they left. I mean, this dude is butt naked, wide open. I, just, I don't know how you're not covering him. Um, it, 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 it is mind-boggling to me how wide open 
he was on this play. Um, and, and they get the win in overtime. But really, the story of the game, you know, of course, McDermott had the, had the dagger. McElvoy had 14 saves. Dylan Watson had four goals. Um, so we did see a lot of good play from other from other players on this Georgetown um, offense and defensively as well. Uh, Gibson Smith played well, I thought. And then we saw uh, Dylan Hess, a freshman, step up. I think he had uh, two goals and an assist in this one. Uh, freshman out of Pane Vidra, Florida. Been a big fan of his since he was in high school. Great to see him. He's been getting a lot of run here recently. Really stepped up this game. Uh, had his best game of his young, young career there. But uh, the the biggest the biggest piece of this Georgetown win was Mr. James Riley at the faceoff die. And remember, I said on Thursday, the biggest question for me and for many others going into this game was... How is Georgetown going to address the face-off dot? Because James Riley and Alex Stathakis went about 50% the last time, but there's a second horse in that stable there for Denver this time. Named T.D. Irwin, one of the greatest face-off men of all time. How do you counter, you know, arguably the best one-two punch in the country? Um, James Riley... Um, he didn't just handle them. He dominated. 16 for 24 at the dot. Uh, 71% or uh, 65%, I believe it was, uh, that is. Um, very, very good game for him. You know, you know, clap it up for the young man. Fantastic game. You know, I know he's gone 80, 90% at times this year against St. John's and Marquette. But, you know, this is his best performance of the year. To be able to neutralize the, you know, I, I would call it the best one-two punch in the country um, in Irwin and Stathakis, and, and, and really, you know, will this Georgetown team to victory? Um, if he's not there, they don't win this game, just plain and simple right there. Um, big, big game for him, and really a big win for Georgetown. Um, mentioned their biggest one of the season. They do have that game against um, Loyola at the end of the year. And, you know, I had said, look, if they don't win this, and they if they don't, and they had been flirting with some, you know, pretty bad games over the past couple of weeks. I mean, struggling against Villanova, struggling against Marquette, didn't look like themselves um, for a couple of weeks. And they come in here, and they play their best game of the year. Obviously, James Riley, a big part of that, you know, that Loyola, that Loyola game at the end of the year, you know, that is not as big of a factor now um, as I think we thought it was. Loyola is not as good as we thought they were. They, they've been the most inconsistent team um, of the season. Obviously, they're going to the Patriot League tournament, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but um, they, they just, you know, that a, a win over them is not going to do you what we thought it was going to at the beginning of the season. Um, no, I, I don't think so. And, you know, getting this one over Denver, I, I don't know what the 
Big Ten tournament situation looks like right now. Obviously, Georgetown and Denver have split. I think the tiebreaker is a um, win percentage. So I would I would assume without looking at the at the standings or anything, I don't have any of that pulled up. Just assuming, I would assume Denver gets that number one seed and Georgetown gets that two seed, um, unless something wonky goes on um, and Denver loses a game or whatever. Um, which I think there's two games left in the, in the uh, Big East calendar, um, or two weeks left. Um, there, I think some teams have one game, some games, some teams have two, but because um, of uh, postponements, but uh, not much time left in the Big East season. And obviously, a huge, huge win for Georgetown really boost their resume as far as an NCAA tournament at large goes. Uh, you know, you've got to expect that these two teams will see each other again. Um, in a few weeks in the uh, Big East title game. Uh, wouldn't expect it any, in, in any other way. Um, UNC and Syracuse. I'm not going to talk about this one that much because there really isn't much to talk about. Um, Syracuse, um, y'all stink. Flat out say it. Y'all stink. Y'all's defense is trash. You stink. Uh, UNC, yo, y'all top three team. I've said that all year. Um, I had some questions about UNC coming into the season. I think everybody did. They've answered every single one of my questions. I mean, this is a this is a championship weekend team right here. On the other side, the team that's occupying that dome right now in Syracuse, New York, y'all, like, look, man, y'all going to be lucky. I, I, I still think Syracuse probably makes the tournament. They've got to win a couple games here um, <clears throat> in the end here. Uh, let's pull up their schedule right now. They've got to they've got to win a couple games, obviously. But uh, you know they're five and four. This is certainly not what these guys wanted to come back and do. They've got Virginia again. They've got Notre Dame again. I mean, you lose to Carolina twenty-one to nine, bro. Twenty-one to nine. That's the worst loss since since against Virginia. In 2006. And remember, that 06 Virginia team is the last undefeated national title champion. That's the last team to put up 21 on them. I think it was... um, might have been 20. But... um, Oh, no, it was 21. It was 21. So this is the worst, worst game for Syracuse. Most points allowed... Since 06, just terrible. Carolina, yo, Chris Gray, those guys, they did what they needed to do. Um, Chris Gray, eight points, two goals, six assists. As I said, not going to talk much about it, so we are done with that one. But, um, you know, I I do want to mention, if y'all want to, do not go back and watch this. I would not recommend it. It's not fun. It's not a fun game to watch. Um, But if you want to see how things go down, go check out that first I think it was the first or second goal of the game uh, for Chris Gray. Dude is wide open. I mean, again, butt naked wide open. Nobody's on him. No, How you leave Chris Gray that wide open, I don't know. But, but that was, you know, that, that, was a little, that goal was a bit of foreshadowing of how that game was going to go. Moving on to the CAA, where things continue to be crazy as usual. Uh, Towson keeps winning, y'all. They got the 9-6 to win over UMass 
And this is like, so I didn't, I didn't, I have not watched this one yet. I'm going to go back and rewatch it to uh, watch it tonight. I caught like the last, um, the last like five minutes of it. Um, Towson did not have a goal in the second half. They're up nine to four at the half. So, and I mentioned on, 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 uh, Thursday show how impressive Towson's defense looked. Um, to hold a team to two goals and a half, I mean, that's impressive. Now, you, you didn't score nothing, but, and, and Zach Coachman ate you alive at the faceoff dot, but um, <laughs> the defense played well. Um, Shane Brennan had nine of his 13 saves in the second half. Um, and, and, and again, I thought that the, that, uh, the coast defense played well um, there. So uh, Kobe Smith and company played well. Um, for what I saw the last five minutes there. And then when you look at the uh, statistics, so uh, Towson continues to win. Uh, they look like they are the Cinderella team, the darlings of college across right now, if you will. So uh, congrats to Towson on another big win there. Uh, over in Hempstead, or I should, guess I should say up in Hempstead, uh, we had an overtime game there. Uh, seems like we've had a lot of overtime games in Hempstead this year. Um, and we'll probably have a few <laughs> later on this season with the quarterfinals being held there again this year. Uh, but this one, Delaware beats Hofstra 14 to three. I watched this one all the way through and man, this is the most, like, this is the most Hofstra way to lose a game ever. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, you know it, it when you watch Hofstra play, and, and every year it seems like Hofstra has one or two games like this where they're, they're up and and they just let things get away from them. I mean, yo, y'all are up. Y'all are up. In, you know, Hofstra, they had they had held a lead and never trailed all game. Until Delaware, they start the final period of play, or the final period of regulation, fourth quarter, with a seven-goal run. Charlie Kitchen has four of those goals. He puts up nine points in this one. Charlie Kitchen played amazing, especially down the stretch there. Um, the Blue Hens get in front 13-10 with 8.07 left. Um, Hofstra, so it's 13-10, right? Hofstra scores three within the last, like, 50 seconds. Uh, Ryan Tierney, you know, who else is going to do this? Ryan Tierney uh, forces... Overtime there for Hofstra. Uh, Charlie Kitchen finds Ty Coates literally right on the doorstep, you know, just right on the crease, wide open, j- just dunks it in there. Um, Ty Coates does on the feed from Charlie Kitchen to get the Delaware win. Uh, so they bounce back after losing to Drexel last week, uh, or I should say a week prior. So Big one there in the CAA. Um, Navy, they moving on to the Patriot League here. Oh, I'll mention this game real quick. So um, Virginia, they um, they went on an amazing run in the uh, second quarter. Um, you know, it, it was four to four at the end of the first, but um, Virginia stepped on the gas. Eight consecutive from the 10-50 mark of the second through the 11-20 mark of the third. 
put this one away. Xander Dixon, Matt Moore, got a lot of guys involved. Really good game from Virginia. Um, Navy. This was also a weird one where uh, they get up seven to one after the first, and they're up ten to four at the half. Navy's playing well, looking like you know they know they got their foot on the gas. They haven't let up. Loyola is able to collect themselves at the half, and Loyola was not playing good at all this game. Um, Loyola comes in the second half, and they put their their, their foot to the pedal and, and, and step on it. Um, Greyhounds outscore Navy three to two in the third, um, and then the final two goals of the third, you know, provided a six goal spark uh, to tie things up at twelve with five minutes left in the game. Um, and you know, Jeff Doden breaks the tie, pole goal there. Christian Daniel puts it in. Uh, Navy defense is able to hold uh, another good game for Spencer Lee's and Cage, fifteen saves. Uh, Evan James, four goals for Loyola. Kevin Lindley, three goals and an assist. Um, For the midshipmen, we had Christian Daniel, five assists and a goal. He he was leading this offense for the majority of the contest. John Jarzo has been a really impressive freshman, uh, two goals and two assists. Dane Swanson, three goals, one assist as well. So, um, and, and I didn't realize this. This is Navy's first win at at Loyola, so a uh, big one there for Navy. As uh, you know, they're out of the playoff picture as terms of the Patriot League. I don't think they're making the NCAA tournament, but uh, a good one there for the midshipmen nonetheless. They certainly look uh, like a good team. Uh, have looked like a like a very good team uh, all season long, and continue to do that. Um, before we get to Sunday's contest, I want to go over some other games on Saturday. So Richmond is now in front in control of the SoCon as they double up uh, Jacksonville 14 to 7. Um, just, I mean, they were the much better team in that one. It, it, not even, not even a question. Um, Rutgers, we had a, Adam Charlotte Beatty's show, a three-goal run to spark a six-goal game-ending run for the Scarlet Knights. Neither team uh, ever gained in a, a more than a three-goal lead or contest um, until you know Rutgers went on that run um, as they take down Hopkins 17-11. to uh, St. Joseph's in the NEC, they stay out in front there. As they beat Bryant 13 to 5. Big, big game for Zach Cole there. Um, he went 91% at the faceoff dot. Uh, Richie LaCalandra continues to look impressive. 11 points, 6 goals, 5 assists. Yes, you heard that. 11 freaking points for one player in one game. 17 to 5 win. Uh, LIU takes down Mount St. Mary's. We had Reed Bowering, six goals uh, in Drexel's 19-7 win over Fairfield. We had a couple multiple overtime games as well I want to get to here. Uh, Devin Cohen with the game winner for Marquette. They beat Providence 7-6 in a fourth overtime. 
uh, making the, the that fourth spot in the Big East a little interesting. Um, it, it was, you know, it, it's been Providence's to lose for about a week or so now. Uh, Marquette gets that win, and and there's a battle there for that last spot um, in the Big East. Uh, we also had Manhattan beat Siena 13 to 12 in double overtime, um, and then. Moving to the MAC, Hugh Dimitri George continues his successful season, twenty-two for thirty-one at the dot, sixteen twelve a win over Canisius for Quinnipiac. Back to the SoCon, Ashley Nolting, three goals, three assists as high point uh, gets past Mercer, sixteen to ten. No real contest there for um, the Panthers, especially in the second half. They looked again. Much like Richmond, the much better team there. Um, I think it's probably Richmond, High Point, Jacksonville. And then that fourth spot, Mercer and Bellarmine are kind of battling for, as well as Air Force, um, for that fourth and final spot in the SOCON at the moment. So that's still up for grabs. Moving to Sunday's games, Hugh. Lehigh takes down Lafayette. Um, it's the 116th win for Lehigh at Lehigh for Kevin Cassis, making him the winningest coach in program history. So congrats to Coach Cassis on that one. Always been a fan of his. Um, you know, done a tremendous job there with the Mountain Hawks. Uh, Lehigh, you know, they were up. You know, for the really the entire game, uh, they were up, but they'd overcome a fierce three goal. Lafayette run to start the fourth quarter, which cut the Mountain Hawks lead to 12 to 11 with 9:16 left. Lehigh answered two of their own. Um, Coleman Crom had a you know got a shot off for Lafayette with 3:38 left, rings off the pipe, uh, and that was really that was the last shot they were able to get off there. Uh, Lehigh able to hold on for the win. Mike Sisselberger, 23 for 27. At the faceoff dot, 21 ground balls and scored a goal to provide a uh, spark for the Mountain Hawks. Uh, Christian Mule had three goals and an assist. Uh, Andrew Eichelberger had a hat trick. Uh, Peter Lehman had four goals for Lehigh. Uh, Ryan Ness uh, was really impressed with him in cage. 14 saves. And I should mention, this is the second time these two teams have played each other in um, three days. They played on Friday as well. Um, Maryland. Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. This, like, look, Maryland, I, you know, they're the top team in the Big Ten. No question about it. A top three team in the country. No question about it. Proved it, proved it again today. 18-8. to uh, over Ohio State, take the regular season title. Not much to talk about with this one. No, it's tied up 2-2 at the uh, end of the first. 8-3 at the half. You know, Buckeyes, they outscore, uh, uh, the Terrapins outscore the Buckeyes 16-6 in the final three quarters. Look, I think Ohio State has improved this year. I think Ryan Terrafenko being back has helped them a lot. They've looked better, played better these past couple weeks, but they're just not better than Maryland. Nobody in this conference is better than Maryland. Um, Jared Bernhardt, six goals and an assist. We had Logan McNeeny, 
with 12 saves, and he showed off his Steph Curry range a bit, nailing a 60-yard bomb from the defensive from the defensive side of the field to break the Ohio State 10 10 man ride um, in the third quarter. Oh yeah, I should mention Maryland was two men down at that time as well. Um, very very exciting play there from McKinney and Cage. Um, so Maryland takes the top spot there in the Big Ten. Um, as mentioned, I'd assume it's um, Rutgers as that two. Oh, it is Rutgers pretty much has that two seed. Ohio State is that three seed. Four, five, six have yet to be determined. Um, Lehigh grabs that top spot in the Patriot League. Um, and then Army is the two seed. Uh, Boston U, I think, is the four. Loyola is the three. Uh, that might, that could possibly change. I don't know how locked in that is, um, but that's how things are looking in the Patriot League uh, right now. You know, just off the top of my head, don't have the standings up, but uh, looked at it a bit earlier. So I think that should be still how it is um, there with, uh, you know, if not, it is Lehigh and Army as those top two, Loyola, Boston U as the next two there. This has been the Lacoste Bucket Podcast. Again, thank you all for listening and tuning in. You can find us on social media at Lacoste Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. LacosteBucket.com is the website. You can listen to us on Apple, uh, where you can leave a five-star review. Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, multiple other platforms. Have a great week. Enjoy the Lacoste. We will be back on Tuesday with another Bracketology episode of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Take care.